Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with New York City keyboardist Theo Hill on his new 2020 CD, Reality Check, during mid-April 2020, right in the middle of the global pandemic for the coronavirus. He recently relocated to Costa Rica and opened up about his new life, his old life, and this brand new world that we are living in. It was revealing and refreshing, so dig it. How are you holding up? I'm good. I could I I couldn't be better, man. I'm actually in a really good place. I'm in Costa Rica. Well, you know, that was the one kind of tapestry to this when I reached out. I was thinking, man, if there's anywhere in the world that you'd want to be when when everything goes down, that would have to be it. This is it. Yeah, they've taken very strict measures here, you know. They closed down the beaches and closed down all public places and we have a great really young president who's uh he's like 40 and he's really like progressive and is really you know taking some really great actions so and people have really for the most part stayed inside um so it's been kind of you know it's worked out i think there's around 500 cases here you know wow wow and it's beautiful there no it's beautiful i'm sitting on my porch now i mean i live a half mile from the beach and um the sun is shining about 85 degrees, you know. Oh, my God. You know, Theo, it's funny. I think that about this. It's not funny, but I'm, I'm, when, I, when 9-11 happened, I was backpacking through Europe. I had landed in Paris on the 4th of September, made my way to Venice, and the place that I ended up the day after 9-11 was a little sleepy place, Poor Man's Riviera, and it was called, um, it was called Cinque Terre. And it was one of the most beautiful, it was like a whole, it was like an old hippie commune and it was beautiful. It was right there by the Baltic. And I remember floating in the ocean thinking if there was any place on earth that I would want to be during this, this is it. Um, So I, 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 I know the feeling for sure. Yeah. I got out right before like the, I left the day before they, I got into the country the day before they closed the border here. Wow. Yeah, well, good for you, man. And I moved. I came down here with my dog, and he flew with me. He's my emotional support animal, and we're riding it out down here. That's the idea from the beginning. I kind of knew that the writing was on the wall in terms of the quality of life and then the musician's life of, like, working nonstop in New York, kind of, like, so not going anywhere, you know, or having to travel all the way around the world and back and running around the world leaving like a huge carbon footprint, but like not really getting satisfaction out of that, you know? Maybe I started coming here five, six years ago and started surfing. And I was like, found that that was like the perfect counterbalance, counterweight to like what I was doing in terms of being nocturnal. Yeah. You know, and my life in New York, I found like here, I, you know, when I'm here, I get up at 4, 4.30 in the morning. You know, today I got up a little late. I got up at 5, you know? Right, right. <laughs> and I watched the sun come up, you know what I mean? Wow. And make coffee. I go to bed every day around seven. You know, <laughs> seven thirty. I'm asleep. Well, good know? for you, man. That's so it's, you know, it's a rich, good life. You know. You know, I talked to one other person that was uh, next to an ocean in England, and he was just like, "I'm fine, man. This is great. There's no congestion. There's no, you know, just everything. It's good. You know, it feels it feels right. So it's good that in the middle of this pandemic and kind of this you know, global thing that we're going through that there's people out there that are actually embracing just life. Cause at the end of the day, it's all life after all, huh? 
anyway, that's all we can do, you know. I mean, look, my heart goes out to all everybody. I mean, I'm still hurting out here. I was forced to, you know, I had to stop paying rent. I put my car for sale, canceled my insurance, stopped all auto pays on my account. So, you know what I mean? It was kind of, you know, it's pretty catastrophic. I was, I was supposed to be on tour in Spain a couple weeks ago at the end of, at the end of March with my band, with Joe Ross, and on the record, you know. Plus, I was months worth of gigs. I don't have anything until October. You know what I mean? Cats yeah, I hear you. Worst situations. Cats in a hell of a worst situations, you know? Um, yeah. With pre-existing health conditions, I'm seeing a lot of mentors and friends of mine going down day by day by day by day. You hear the stories. And yeah. who is, is really disproportionately attacking is people of color and it's, you know, people, you know, it's black, it's poor black people, man, who are a lot of people who I'm seeing a lot of poor musicians were already sick. You know, we talk about Wallace, we talk about Anandje, we talk about, you know what I mean? Alex yeah. Dean. And even when yeah. they were here, they had a tough time getting a gig. They couldn't buy yeah. it in New York. Times have been tough for a lot of these cats. And then this compounded it, you know? Yep. I feel like I was one of the lucky ones. I was busting my ass working all the time. You know, but for what it was, I felt like it was a certain level of quote-unquote success, even though I wasn't, like, out here like a cat, like, I don't know, say, you know, with Kamasi Washington, Corey Henry, and these kinds of guys' level of, like, fame and stardom, you know what I mean? In terms yep. of boring, but I feel like I was doing what I wanted to be doing up until a certain point. But New York has also really changed, you know? The culture really changed. The music really changed, you know, a lot of things changed for me personally, especially after Roy Hargrove died, and then after a lot of others got murdered, and um, I started really feeling differently about, like, you know what, man, this music is definitely worth living for, but it's definitely not worth dying for, you know? That's a good and quote, man. I need to preserve my mental health, you know, and my physical health and well-being, because I want to live long. There's a lot of things that I sacrifice being a jazz musician, you know? Yeah. And only being happy about having a gig tomorrow, you know, and a couple bucks in my pocket. I mean, that's all I cared about for most of my life. But <clears throat> I think now that I'm able to sit back and reflect about it, I'm so thankful for the decisions that I made, and I'm so happy that I... I'm so happy and stoked and happy about life every morning when I'm here, every day I wake up. And, like, I'm totally inspired by the nature, like, by the birds, like, and, um, yeah, I just heard them. I love. I, they, they sounded exquisite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah macaws and just small little baby little parrots and beautiful yellow birds. It's just I'm just surrounded by animals and insects and lizards and <laughs> crazy, crazy looking things that, like, for me as a city kid, I'm just like, whoa, this is so amazing. <laughs> I, live across from the cow, I live across from the cow fields. You know what I mean? Nothing. Yeah, and I can see, and I can see the ocean from my porch. So I'm just like in the distance. So I'm just like, you can hear like the big waves crashing down, like when it's quiet. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's pretty. It's pretty rad. And I happen to. Part of the reason why I moved here is because of the wave here. A lot of my neighbors are surfers or like ex-surfers who settled here, um, like professional surfers. Uh, as a testament to the wave, because the wave here barrels in like it's it's a world class wave. And, um, wow, the energy that breaks 
the, the energy on shore when the waves are breaking and coming in and just like, it like almost shakes the ground. You know what I mean? And it's really, really amazing. Um, just the energy, like the negative ions and just like the feeling of that and being in like pristine water environment for me. And seeing like turtles and like <laughs> fish jumping braids and stuff like that jumping out of the out of the water. It's just like you know, for me it's spectacular, you know. And um whereas uh, we were saying I was saying to a friend, whereas like playing music is communing with your brother or your sister. Surfing and being out there for me is like communing with the mother, you know. And there's no music out there, it's just the absence of sound and just the fact that you're out there alone with your own thoughts and really focus on the right wave at the right moment, you know? Um yeah. being in the moment all the time, always looking ahead into that lineup is like really for me it's really therapeutic. Man, that's cool. I always look forward to the next conversation we were going to have. I always remember the first one that we had. So this is an awfully interesting intersection of human history and obviously an, an intersection of your life and contrasting with talking about Smalls and all those gigs in New York. So, um, you know, I, I, love, I love New York. I'll, I'll part of my my heart will always be New York. But part of it, I also think about it like there's so many other things that I want to do with my life. Um, and even here, I feel like, I just feel like it's a better place for my spirit, you know what I mean, right now, to be able to see through this storm. And I think I could see myself maybe trying to teach more here, trying to play more here, trying to do more tours internationally and using this uh, Costa Rica as a home base, you know? Um I think part of it is also about, like, a renunciation of, like, American capitalism as well and kind of just trying to live really simply. Um, I have, like, a $100 really crappy bike, <laughs> you know, but I don't have a car. And um, I make rice and beans, and I cook at home. There's, like, one restaurant where I go to a few days a week. And the rest of the time, I really just, like, sit and eat mostly vegetarian food at home. There's something to that. I feel like the world, and we need to get back to that more as people, um, getting back to family if we have them, um, but just getting back to basics. Because I think even ethically with a lot of the running around that we do, like even as jazz musicians, we tend to brag like, oh, man, well, I had three gigs today. We're like, oh, motherfucker, I had five gigs today and a church gig. You know, guys are like, <laughs> like how many hits can you do? And I'm I'm well aware of what it takes to like have to getting up and teaching and working all day interstate and then going and playing an early gig and then playing a late night gig at Smalls or a jam session or you know for little to no money just because they want to play. Um, you cats just out of the necessity ad of it, cats have to go and fly from Japan to Europe to Japan to Europe and back and forth and zigzag across Europe in these ways that don't make any sense. Um, and I think just, like, the, between the carbon footprint and then just, like, thinking about how much how much goes to the airline and the hotel and the sponsors and everybody else, you know, and then you really think about what we're getting paid and what we're walking out with. It's really, truly a hustle. Um, and I feel like, for me, it's just, I just feel like there's more, at this point in my life, it's just, 
I think it would be better for me to create the time and space to be able to just like be inspired and try to be inspired with life and that allow that to seep into my music as opposed to like, okay, hurry up and make an album or hurry up and do these gigs or hurry up and learn this music and like constantly running from uh, gig to gig or like, you know, playing opportunity to play an opportunity. I think this time reflection is going to be really good for me in terms of thinking about what I want to do next. That's, man, that's, that's illuminating. You've, you've said so much and answered so many questions that I wanted to a- ask you. But one thing I did hear one of the, there was a younger cat that I talked to that has an album coming out and he was in Ohio and he said, you know, this could really be a moment for musicians to, like come up with a new way like bebop because it was on the cusp of like a world war and racism and a lot of adversity and this could be a time where there could be a reinvention of sound and jazz do you see that maybe that might be something that could go down absolutely absolutely i mean the young generation of jazz musicians that i've encountered in new york are some of the greatest are some of the better best musicians I've ever I've ever seen. I mean, the young cats are playing at a level that's much higher than my generation was, or I believe previous generations. Even from having students at my school and stuff, the young musicians that I see that are coming out are are playing at an incredibly high level. And I think there's all jazz is constantly there's always new trends and new innovations that are that are happening. I think, for one, I think more jazz musicians are embracing popular music, you know? And I think that's really a good way to, for me, I'm thinking like that's, like everybody's listening to, like seems to be listening to Thundercat and Thundercat musicians, like it started to creep its way into popular culture, you know, in interesting ways, you know? And jazz musicians are always on the forefront of like what's happening and what's happening like culturally and cultural trends and shifts. And I've seen so many of my contemporaries going to play, whether it's... I mean, people like I looked up to, like Robert Glasper, if you see what Robert Glasper's doing. You know, after playing jazz and holding the chairs and many jazz gigs and playing jazz-influenced albums, he clearly wanted to cross over and reach a larger audience, you know? And I think, as a jazz traditionalist, when I was younger, I was, you know, would look, to, look at that with a certain degree of skepticism. And, you know, it would, it would make one wonder, wow, well, he's like, selling out or whatever, you know? But ultimately, it is a music business, you know? <laughs> it is a business. <laughs> and at yeah. some point, people need to get paid and these people need to, you know, at some point, money is now, as we're seeing, money is important. And all the people and the members who are of the gig economy who are living, week, you know, who are getting paid weekly, very weekly, you know, <laughs> in all different kinds, across uh, all different kinds of idioms and genres and different kinds of media, you know, um, and artists. This is having not just, you know, a crisis just not for musicians, but all artists, you know. Uh, this is an economic crisis for the poor. This disproportionately people of color, minorities, and the poor across culturally, you know. Yeah, you're right, man. You know, whether you're in India or whether you're in New York, I mean, really, it's disproportionately, the people that it's really disproportionately affecting, the people that can't get access, the people that don't have the hospitals, the people that don't have, you know, that that are on the brink, the people that have to work and commute on the subways despite this, that still have to, that can't afford to take time off or 
so your CD, your latest CD is called Reality Check, which I can't imagine anything more profound, not only for the planet, but for what you've talked about. What's it like to have music out right now during this kind of global pandemic? <laughs> it's kind of surreal. You know, um, for me, I see a lot of people taking to Facebook and taking to social media, which I totally understand. Um, but, you know, whether it be selling their internet lessons or internet classes or streaming their videos or streaming their meals, what it may be, you know? <laughs> and I think for me, I'm still at this phase of like really just shock and awe and seeing how the world reacts, the world and the overall world reaction and seeing our, how our government has been reacting in terms of shock and awe, you know? Um, to probably one of the biggest bungles of our time. I mean, the way this, this has just been so poorly uh, dealt with by our government. Um, so I'm really still thinking of those who are less fortunate, you know, because at this time, like I said, we're losing our, like, our masters, you know, guys that I've known, guys that I've worked with, guys who I've idolized. You know, some of the greatest contributors of art form are um, are gone on a daily basis. So it is kind of surreal. I'm still actually tracking my record on the charts. It went up to number 13 on the radio charts. Um, it's now at 17, and I imagine it will be somewhere tomorrow when it's reporting. So I'm really thankful that my music is out there and that people are connecting with it. Um, I kind of did want to put something out there that was going to be a little bit more listenable, something that was going to be able to bring in, bring to try to bring in a larger audience into what I'm doing, um, and try to. Play. It was kind of a grand experiment, and um, most of the tracks ended up being first takes with very little editing on it. It's almost like a live record. We cut it down into vinyl, I believe, you know. And um, Joel just played amazingly. Um, I had uh, played with Mark and Rashan for Winter Jazz Fest several years ago, and but I hadn't got them in the same room together since then to record. So it was kind of just like perfect that everyone could meet. So so and the response has been really great from DJs, from critics. So I'm really so thankful. Um, a lot of people have been hitting me up. It's got over 10,000 streams on Spotify, which isn't anything. <laughs> but for for me, I'm like, you know what, I'm really, it means that it reached a lot of people and I see all the streams and all over the world and it's really amazing to, um, to just see the support, you know, that I've had. So. Absolutely. So the record came out and like the next day it was on YouTube. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Right. You know, you, you probably answered this in a roundabout way, but I just want to ask directly. What do you hope when the world wakes back up and gets back to live music? What do you hope the musician and the audience member, what what revelations do you hope that they have during this time that they come back to when the music goes back up? Well, I mean, let's hope that it becomes a priority in society. However, I'm not sure. This I think this might be a grand change. You know, they're talking about how in California people are going to have to wear masks for a long time and it's going to become part of culture and society, you know? Some parts, I mean, when I really think about the demographics of our audiences, 
Well, you know, you're talking aged audiences who are have wealth or have means, right, internationally. Right? So that means you're asking like 40, 50 to 70-year-olds to congregate in mass to see come to your shows. And I'm going to be honest. I mean, so there's some I read an article that said that the concert tour schedule isn't going to come back until 2021, but who knows what it's really going to be like culturally as a society because in many ways, for example, how people are now working remotely, right? I'm finishing my degree remotely, right? So there's so many people that are losing their jobs because, you know, companies are realizing, well, we can pay these people 20% of what we were paying them and have them, pay, you know, work remotely. And then they can realize they can eliminate X percent of those people because they're really unnecessary, right? Because their jobs can be taken over by other people who are better at using computers. So... <laughs> Just imagine, you know, how that it's going to have a ripple effect to us through multiple economies, and it's going to change the way we do business. It's going to change the way we meet. You know, these Zoom meetings, I think, is going to end up becoming a new norm. It's brave new world, but how are you going to expect? And they're talking about, you know, colleges now and institutions that are going to lose money because nobody's enrolling and nobody's going. How are you going to send your kid to college? How are you going to send your five-year-old uh, or your ten-year-old to, to elementary school, right, in September? You know, if this thing isn't done right. So it's real, there's a lot at risk here, you know what I mean, in terms of how people gather and how what people gather around. And I think music now... I'm going to be honest. I mean, for me, that's why I'm really trying to take a step back. Music, in a sense, is almost irrelevant at this point. <laughs> in many people's lives, yes, it gives people comfort, you know, and that I'll give you, you know. But uh, right now, it's hard for me to really think about being creative given the just all that I'm trying to do as stop gaps to try to survive, like we're talking about, like, survive, you know. Today, I I just filled out three grants and I'm chasing around a couple dollars that I had from some movie that I was in 10 years ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hope I could get a $30 check from somebody. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Times yeah. are rough out here. <laughs> and um, so hopefully the money and the funds will flow to the people that really are going to need it. You know, uh, I myself, I'm applying just to try to save myself, but I know that there's so many people who are in the same situation and, and who are worse off. It's really scary, man. The implications are really scary. But not to be dark on it, I think that as jazz musicians, when this thing does come back around um, and when we can start to close, open up these borders, I think it's going to be the jazz musicians who are going to embrace and be able to really you know, uh, express the full range of emotions of what's happening in our society now. You know, I don't think it's going to be as much the rap musicians as some of the other popular musical forms. I think there's going to be a huge explosion of material, right? People are going to be putting out many records. People are already putting, like a Nicholas Spade, he's put out like his COVID record, you know, his COVID-19 record, his quarantine with Nick. People are putting out their quarantine records now, you know? It's like a thing. Yeah. So I think by the time this thing is over, there's going to be so many collaborations, new collaborations, and people are going to be doing cross-genre things and remote, you know, recording things. And there's going to be it's going to it's going to end up there's going to end up be, being a lot more links that I think otherwise 
wouldn't have been formed except for when people have this time to express themselves creatively. So um, I, for myself, like I myself haven't gotten around to that yet, but it's coming. <laughs> nice. Right on. I guess, Theo, you know, the only thing that I can really think out of all of this is that one way or another, no matter how you look at things, karma is going to even the playing field. And one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out to jazz musicians is, you know, I, I'm biased, but I really, I think I've seen enough walk to life that I, I genuinely believe that the jazz community are some of the finest specimens on the planet. And, you know, it's heartbreaking to see not only the amount of cats that have passed because of this, but that are going to be affected. But I think if there's a group that's going to express this creatively and artistically and survive through this in a pretty well-rounded fashion, it's going to be the jazz community. Yeah, man. But, you know, we really, uh, and the jazz community is international, but, you know, I think we all just need to think about those, still need to be thinking about those that are less fortunate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because this is really, for me, I'm seeing that this is just the beginning and, you know, those that it doesn't infect or that, you know, uh, have you know family members that are directly affected by it, um, it's going to bankrupt. I'm, I'm going to be honest, you know, I survived, like you, I was, I was in school for 9-11, but I remember going down and going to parties near the, near the World Trade while the thing was still smoking, you know, and we thought it was cool. We'd like, all the real estate went up for nothing, so we like got these places for super cheap and used to have parties. <laughs> And used to, like, look over the balcony and, like, see the thing smoking. You know, as World Trade, it, it definitely had a huge impact and changed the world, right? Yeah. Forever. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like this. You know, I lived through all the two, two blackouts and Hurricane Sandy. I remember when the subways were flooded with water, you know? But it still was nothing like this. No. You know, at least there were places right. you could get out of New York or it was in one part of the country. This This is... You know, the global implications of this, um, and because we're so interconnected, is really, I, it's still, it's still yet to play out, you know? Yeah. So let's just hope it, let's just hope it ends sooner than later. Amen. Theo, man, it was great to catch back up with you. Thank you for taking some time out. Uh, send, send my best to Costa Rica, and hopefully the next time we talk, the, the Globe's found a way to get a foothold. For sure, man. I really appreciate you reaching out. And until next time, okay? Stay safe. You guys, yeah. Take care, man. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Costa Rica, New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Theo for his cool and his music. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, please support the artists, support the jazz community, and dig the music. Neon Jazz.